Welcome to our Saturday simulcast. Good to have Tom Deanhart and Brian Newbert uh, with me. I'm Alan Carpick, goldenblack.com. A reminder that uh, if you haven't subscribed, there's some special offers going on goldenblack.com right now. Make sure you participate with those. And also, we want to thank our sponsor, the Union Club Hotel uh, and the Boiler Up Bar, 811 Bistro. We appreciate them. They'll sign down for sponsorship for another year, and we'll look forward to uh, con- their continued involvement with goldenblack.com. All right, guys, uh, it is the middle of the summer. It's uh, July is theoretically a quiet month it isn't always kind of that way but uh, but uh, certainly the quiet the calm before the storm before football gets started but i obviously the news of the week uh, though it doesn't directly pertain to purdue it does pertain to big 10 football and kind of a uh, obviously a, a disheartening situation for pat fitzgerald at, at the end and the entire situation at Northwestern. Uh, Brian, I'll start with you because you hit it on in your uh, your weekly word uh, about that. Just uh, your reaction to it, and and uh, obviously I'll come to you, Tom, as well. But how do you how do you internalize the situation? It seems so surprising based on the Pat Fitzgerald we've all known over the last uh, really two and a half decades of Big Ten football. Well, I mean, he's he's. Painting him as a bad guy is kind of a complicated topic because yeah. what he's guilty of, if anything, and we have, I'm sure this will be litigated, you know, for quite some time, but what he's guilty of is not knowing. And yeah. that's a fireable offense in coaching nowadays. That's, that's the other side of these salaries coaches make is that you can get fired for anything at any time. Um, if you don't know about something, because it is your job to know. And it is, I think nowadays, you know, it, it's very different from what it was in like the 90s and the 80s and certainly, you know, earlier than that. If something's going on, you know, behind closed doors in your program, that's that's not that's unsavory uh, as often over the course of many years has happened in football locker rooms um, at all levels of the sport. Uh, there are more ways for that to see the light of day than ever before. And there are more, um, there are more people advocating for, for the athletes and there are more ways for them to bring about their grievances and things like that. And it's just, it's, as I said, my column yesterday, it's a human resources job as much as it is a football job anymore. You have to, you, you have to manage a program in a way that, no one is no one feels like a victim and you've got iowa here a couple of years ago how they got away with all that stuff without feeling it is beyond me um you've got northwestern now where it, it's these programs where it's 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 about toughness it's about culture it's about something bigger than yourselves it's about you know transcending the individual and things like that it's about the players now that's that's the single biggest reality in, in in college athletic these days, or one of them. It's it's about the players now. And if something's happening to somebody and you don't know about it, uh you're certainly you're certainly going to be held held accountable for it if it comes to the if it comes to bear. And I think that's 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 the complicated part of this in terms of painting Pat Fitzgerald as a bad guy here. It's if he's guilty of anything, it's simply not knowing. And 
you know, I, I said this about, you know, the FBI investigation into college basketball. There were coaches out there who aren't cheaters, who aren't dirty, who could have gotten caught up in that just because they didn't know about stuff going on behind their backs. Perfectly plausible. Um, but uh, that's kind of the that's kind of one of the big landmines coaches have to be wary of nowadays. What you do about it, other than be more vigilant about, you know, having a good relationship with your players and, and having an ear to the locker room in so far as you can, I don't know, but it is, it is a cautionary tale for every coach out there, especially nowadays when uh, it, it is, it is very much about the players more than it used to be. You know, Tom, you've obviously been around Pat Fitzgerald in your in, in your days, and uh, you know your, your not only your reaction to this, but what does where does Northwestern go from here? And and I may open up as well as is there going to be a feeding frenzy of Northwestern players being available here down the road too because of this situation? Uh, because the players of some of the players have come out saying you know that this is unfortunate, which it is. But uh, uh, asking a lot of questions here, but your reaction to all that. Yeah, I believe uh, the rules stipulate <clears throat> that if a coach is fired, um, I think players have a 30-day window where they could uh, they can leave and go to another program. So there's that real possibility <clears throat> Northwestern could see some defections from guys on their on their current roster. Um, I guess the the issue with that is is right now is the timing, right? It's, it's yeah, right. camp start here soon. How many schools have that many open scholarships available at this point? So, you know, having said that, I guess I would be surprised if there's some mass defections. Yeah, maybe, maybe a handful of guys will leave. Again, you got to have a place to go to, right? And as a for instance, Purdue just has one scholarship available right now. Uh, I imagine they're probably in a pretty similar boat as everybody else. So, but that's certainly on the radar. And then I think a bigger worry for Northwestern <clears throat> are your class of 2024 commits. Um, I think Northwestern's lost four of those already. So that's that's where they could probably see their 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 greatest attrition, I think, or fallout personnel-wise from what's transpired here the last couple of weeks. And uh, we'll see. Maybe Purdue gets involved with a guy or two. Stay tuned, right? Um, and yeah, where, where's the program go? My goodness, um, yeah, everybody's got those questions. We've already seen some short list of, of possible candidates. I don't think there's anything Northwestern can do right now, right? I mean, I think you have to steer the ship through this coming season with what you've got as far as your staff goes. They are going to retain their staff, and uh. Again, I mean, we've seen a lot of different names at this point. David Shaw, the old Stanford coach, the Michigan offensive coordinator, um, you know, uh, Paul Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll yeah. see. Like I said, it's uh, the soap opera is just starting. We're going to see litigation from Fitzgerald. I always, I'll say this, that there's always two sides to every story, right? And, uh, you know, some people think – Pat Fitzgerald's getting railroaded. Some people Pat, Pat think Pat Fitzgerald's a monster. <laughs> What's the truth? Yeah. I haven't really heard from Pat. He, Pat's issued a statement. I think that's been it. So uh, we'll see where all this comes. You know, some people think Pat's still going to be a very viable coaching candidate, maybe the National Football League. So um, just a lot to still unpack. Still a lot to unfold here in this whole scenario. 
it's unfortunate, guys. I'll, I'll just say this, and I've said it to some other people. It's just amazing. Life is an amazing thing, right? <laughs> if you'd have told me last year, two years ago, three years ago, that Pat Fitzgerald would get fired at Northwestern, I'd say you're crazy. There's no way. This guy's an icon. They're going to make a statue of this guy. And now he's leaving disgraced, right? Uh, it's just it's just a cautionary tale and lesson for all of us. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think Brian made a lot of great points. It's a different world we live in now. These coaches have to get it. And I'll, I'll just end it with this. Um, if something really egregious did go on, has been alleged, he had to know. Come on, man. There, there are no secrets. You got 100 guys on a football team. You got trainers, managers, assistant coaches, support personnel. There are no secrets, man. Everybody knows what's going on. I, I don't, I'm not, anybody to hide behind the cloak of I didn't know, I think it's total BS. Um, that's just my opinion. I just, there's no head coach that clueless, especially when he's 48 years old. This isn't a 75 year old Tom Osborne. Again, we'll see where all this goes. It's just unfortunate. Northwestern was in for a long season to begin with, guys. And yeah, they're going to be in for another long season, it looks like in 2023. How much, you know, Brian, you look at a one and 11, and, and, I'm, not, and I'm not minimizing any of the situation and what, what happened, what transpired, but did it make it any easier? Uh, or does this, in your view, have anything to do with the fact they were one and 11 last year and looking, staring at a really difficult situation? Uh, that's probably cynical, but how do you view that? Well, that's there's no such thing as cynical anymore. It's it's yeah, you're right. It it is what it is. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure if if Northwestern had just won the Rose Bowl, you know, there would be a little bit more consideration of the blowback of all of this. That said, I think Northwestern's a little bit of a different bird. Uh, you know, I don't know how much sports really matters there uh, in terms of this especially in terms of this sort of stuff, uh, how much they've had to deal with in the past. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, the thing about Fitzgerald was he, he did an unbelievable job there. I mean, he, they've stunk lately, but uh, there's, they've been so steady and so consistent and, and had so much success that, to the level that Northwestern football probably should not have. Um, also, he, his predecessor died. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think situation. that gets lost in this whole story too, was the circumstances he took over under. Uh, I just, I think he represented Northwestern the right way. I think he was, he was a great ambassador for the program. Um, it just goes to show you that, there are our landmines sitting out there in the dirt for every coach in college football, one way or another. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's a cautionary tale for every football coach, every coach period uh, anymore. And uh, I, I bet you there's a lot of, there's a lot of coaches now sitting there thinking about, Hey, um, I need to start curring a better communicative relationship with my players, or I need to get a better you know, uh, structure in my program to where I know what's going on at all times. Or they're thinking they're like, hey, do I want to know? Or do we just insulate ourselves even further? Do I now put six people between me and everyone else in my program as opposed to just the four that's been standard? Um, 
there's a lot of CYA going on here too, probably behind the scenes at a lot of places. And, uh, uh, for good reason, because this is, this is, you know, a really harrowing reminder for a lot of people who are in a lot of very prominent jobs. Yeah. I had an opportunity yesterday to talk to a Purdue official that's uh, pretty high up and, you know, they are taking the tact of, and again, this is Purdue, this is named by else, but, uh, you know, they actually read and, and make, make sure the trustees are available, know of any claims against uh, the university at any point in time so that, the, you know, the, so at least it's out in the open so that they can at least claim that they, they were made aware of these types of things. Now, that may not have tied into this deal, but... You're right. It's it. It is a you got to know in some fa- fa- fashion, and uh, and you're going to be held responsible. That is that is the clearest of things. Uh, no more, no, 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 no more cover your rear and stuff. The buck stops yeah. the head coach. Well, and it's got to it, it's. Well, you you, you got to know if you, you get fired regardless. That's what I'm saying. Is that there? There's a but, lot yeah. of people out there who are considering ways to insulate themselves from this instead of wanting fired. to stop it. That's not, I'm not yeah. complimenting yeah. them on that behavior. I'm saying, that yeah, that's understood. There's probably stupid what's going that. on. They're, they're going to get fired. Yeah. They should get fired. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a dangerous, uh, dangerous game to play if you do that. And, and I mean, yet it the, is. The other thing is how, is how, how ham handed Northwestern handled the whole situation, yeah. too. Complete that disaster. Was, that was humble. They, they, they teach classes on crisis management probably at Northwestern. All these great universities with billion dollar endowments and all these great mortar boards. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, they, they, they don't know how to handle a situation like this. Well, the whole situation of suspending him to, you know, and then it just was. I thought it was just going to go away. Yeah. And it's not going to make that whole part easier. Uh, and from the other side of this, and I, I Brian, I was going to get your opinion on uh, Bob Huggins. And, and again, not making light and, and the absurdity of that situation, the fact that uh, and this may change by the time this uh, recording or you listen or watch this. But uh, the whole fact there, again, very different situation. I get it. But a guy that now claiming that he's not uh, uh, at least as, as of midweek, not to. Uh, uh, didn't send his letter of resignation. Uh, you know, a guy that Bob Huggins has always been uh, colorful, for a lack of a better term, uh, but uh, this again a very different situation, but still somewhat equally as bizarre uh, from uh, the way things went down there. Yeah, I'm not. I, I can't say that I've 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 researched it any more than yeah. having having read the initial articles. Yeah, um, I think what happened was so egregious. I think that there was a, a ticking clock in terms of getting him out of there, and I, I could see them not letting some things fall into place before doing that, which by that, I mean him actually sending in his letter to resign. Um, You know, I I don't know about the statement they put out. Uh, I I obviously have no inside information here, but obviously the egregiousness of what happened and all of that stuff, plus the, the added context of his incident, you know, prior to that, plus the added context of his history. I think that there are a lot of people in coaching who really like Bob Huggins, really care about Bob Huggins. He is a universally liked guy in coaching and in basketball. Um, Knew this day was going to come. They were just glad that it didn't happen with him, you know, 
being found in a hotel room or something. Um, but I think that the 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 I don't want to say expected nature of this probably uh, this thing went from zero to sixty very quickly, and I could see it being plausible that some I's weren't dotted and some T's weren't crossed and things like that. And it, it's just unfortunate that this is how. I, it seems to me like this whole I want to be reinstated thing is about getting paid more than it is, you know. Oh yeah, no doubt. Actually coming yeah. back to coach the team because that seems ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the fact that his assistant or the guy that they replaced it with admitted or talked openly about the phone call he got from Bob the next morning. So I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're with, yeah. It's yeah, clearly two, about two, that. two words. Two words for Bob Huggins: go away. Yeah, and, uh, sixty-nine years old, dude. You you yeah. you've done everything. You're you're a multimillionaire. Just go away and take care of yourself. Yeah. Well, the what's, what's, what's I think the, a lot of these coaches. I I've always heard stories. Bobby Bowden was this way that when they get to a certain point in their lives, they they see the light at the end of the tunnel, and they don't know what's left for them after they're coaching, and they they think they're just going to die or they're going to just kind of fade away. Uh, so that they hang on, they hang on, they hang on, they hang on, they hang on. And I, I have no idea if that's um, – I'm probably being a little bit irresponsible here in speculating that about Bob Huggins. But I know there are some older coaches who have, have felt that way. So they've hung on as long as they possibly can. And maybe that's his deal. You know, when you have substance uh, considerations here, and he's obviously going to rehab as part of his separation deal with – with West Virginia, um, you worry what happens in those people's dark, dark moments after that their life has the, the life they've known for so long has 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 kind of gone by the wayside. I don't know. I'm, I'm just talking here. Yeah, I, I I think it's true. I think that you know Gene Cady uh, at, at age eighty seven, uh, and I'm not being facetious, but I'm saying that. He'd still coach if he could. I mean, just because that's in their blood and, and and part of it. But uh, unfortunately for Bob Huggins, it did not uh, end the way that uh, he he wanted to, at least at West Virginia. Well, he's no right, innocent party yeah. here. Keep in mind. I mean, he's no, 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 no doubt. He's, no doubt. he's when you have when you blow a two point one or point two one. Uh, that's he should have been. He should probably been fired for his cracks on the radio a couple weeks yeah. before that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey man, hey, if that was me or you or some professor at Purdue, they'd have gotten fired the second that phone got hung up. Right. Yeah. Probably so. Uh, in terms of that, and uh, they certainly cut him a lot of leeway on that front before before he did himself in. Uh, I think that's probably is true. All right, media day for you, Tom. Here in the, not next week, but I think the following week uh, uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, it's quiet a little bit on the Purdue football front. I know there's some recruiting stuff coming down the back end, maybe at the end of the month, but also media day, and then all of a sudden. We're into camp. Uh, yeah. Some storylines that you're looking at, uh, not only from a recruiting standpoint, but also what uh, what do you expect to see from Ryan Walters in his first appearance? And that will be down in Indianapolis on, what, the 26th of July is Purdue's day, right? So 27th. Uh, 27th. Uh, what, what do you expect? Well, I need Brian Newber riding shotgun with me, man. Yeah. I like having it's possible. Going to Chicago with noobs. And he, he came to Indy the first day, first time they had an Indy. Yeah. But what yeah, it's twenty seventh. It's the twenty sixth. It's like a Wednesday and a Thursday. Thursday, Thursday, the twenty seventh. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, 
it's always it's a kind of a fun deal you know there's nothing that really typically comes out of these events you guys have been to a lot of them over the years too uh obviously there's a lot of storylines as usual northwestern <laughs> yeah okay. uh-huh. of course got the new head coach as we know about ryan walters matt rule it's going to be a big story nebraska's turned the page again this is the guy who's going to do it this this is the guy this is the guy <laughs> yeah. this is the guy yeah. <laughs> that was almost like a Larry David impression there. That was good. I saw some out. Larry David, in you, but go ahead. And you got, I wish I had Larry David's checkbook. Got, <laughs> yeah, me too. And we have uh, Luke Fickle, right? That's interesting too. Luke, Luke, uh, you know, I think kept waiting, waiting for those golden, super golden goose egg jobs to come open and realize, hey, I better grab one of these good ones. They come open. Could have had Michigan State a couple years ago. He's taken Wisconsin. So that's another interesting storyline, too. And then Ryan Walters. You know, Ryan Walters is kind of flying under the radar, honestly. You got Nebraska head coach. You got Luke Fickle. You got Northwestern. So Ryan's going to be, I think, a little under the radar here. Maybe I'm underestimating it. but um, So, yeah, there's, there's all of those things. I think Penn State's going to be kind of a darling team this year, guys. Everybody's talking Michigan, Ohio State, Ohio State, Michigan. A lot of people are kind of – Jumping on that Penn State bandwagon, thinking, hey, maybe Penn State can win the East this year and be a playoff team. They got the hot young quarterback they're excited about. So plenty of storylines. Now, overarching Big Ten storylines, you know, we'll hear from the commissioner, right? He's going to give his first time ever the State of the Union sort of address uh, in Indianapolis. We'll see if, we'll see if he has any big talking points. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see if anything else bubbles up. But, yeah, Purdue goes on the 27th. They split it up to two days. There's seven teams on the 26th, seven teams on the 27th. Again, Purdue is on the 27th, guys. Players report July 31st. It's a Monday. And then August 1st, bang, man, they're getting the helmets out, shorts, T-shirts, and football training camp is going to start on August 1st. Yeah, going to happen there. Is, yeah, hey, yeah, real quick, uh, too, Allie, real yeah. quick, real quick on recruiting. Uh, yeah, at the end of this month, there's a there's a, a few days open for unofficial visits. I, I've written, I wrote last week about the Travion Galloway kid, the big tight end. He's coming back to visit again. He he took an OV in June. Uh, he's a guy that was committed to LSU. I think Purdue's in pretty good shape with him. Obviously, a good sign. He's coming back to kick the tires on his own dime. <clears throat> they got a big quarterback from Finley, Ohio, coming in a 2025 kid. And I heard there may be a couple other quarterbacks coming in too. Stay tuned on that front. So, you know, the 2024 stuff sort of winding down. There's 20 commits right now. This class could get to many as 24. Again, most of the heavy lifting's done. Um, I think they're going to see a commitment at least in August from a kid. We'll see if anybody else jumps on board here. I know there's some guys on the fence right now. We'll see. So, again, don't expect too many other 24s to jump on here. Um, the, the focus on 25 will probably be starting here pretty soon. And I'm going to have something on the site. I want, I'd like to get something on before the camp. It sort of looks at some of the top 2025 guys there. They're, they've already offered and they're really trying to focus on come the next calendar year. So as Brian knows, you know, there's always, man, with, with, with football recruiting, you can write 24, seven, 365 days a year if you want. And a lot going on. And of course, he's got a lot of hoop stuff going on too. So yeah, we've always got a lot, a lot cooking, uh, cooking on the side. It seems like. 
you know, Brian, I, I one in, in, uh, you guys can both comment on this. Just produce become a flavor of the month, at least at a relative level. And on on three, he's got him in the top 25 and, and rivals in 24 seven do as well, I believe. Uh, what do you make of that? Just the fact that he's really, you know, we've talked about the splashes he's made, you know, from a image standpoint and trying to get to get to that level. But uh, the fact that he has had a perceived success and assuming he, all these guys sign when the signing day, when signing day comes, uh, it's certainly before that first game uh, uh, can't hurt, I guess. It certainly has helped build some momentum. Tom wrote about 40,000 tickets uh, already being sold. Uh, uh, that's had a lot to do with it uh, with respect to Ryan Walters and his first year at Purdue. Yeah, I think he's brought a lot of energy. Uh, he and his staff have brought a lot of energy. I think he's brought a lot of authenticity. I think he's good at connecting with kids. Uh, I think that they have a good recruiting organization right now. It seems like uh, they've done a good job getting players to campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you also always have an advantage when you're new because you can be everything to everybody. Yeah. And uh, I'm not He's necessarily undefeated. saying they're pretending to be something they're not, but all things are possible when you have no track record to to mm-hmm. um, contradict what you're saying. Uh, so uh, I think that that's always an advantage for a new staff, but I think he's just – he's kind of built for this. I mean, he's, he's – if you have a young and energetic staff uh, and you're they're bad at recruiting, you have a real problem uh, because that should be a strength. And I, I think he's he strikes me from afar, and I haven't covered the guy at all. Um, but he strikes me as very what you see is what you get. And I think there's so much BS out there now uh, in this whole game um, that I think that that probably resonates with kids and, and to a lesser extent their families. Um, I think he's just kind of, he's, he's kind of being himself and not apologizing for it. And kids think that's cool. It's the same reason. Um, well, uh, it's the same reason, you know, Deion Sanders has, has, has been a very popular recruiter too. It's, it's now Ryan Walters doesn't have the, doesn't have the NFL Hall of Fame resume. He does not have the the celebrity that Deion Sanders has. So that's a, that's actually a terrible comparison. But he's got a little bit of the of the confidence, the tangible confidence, the the you know, quote unquote swagger, and um, I think that's really important nowadays. You know, June is is it, it's almost becoming shooting fish in a barrel because the process has moved up, you know, so much over the last couple of years that when you get these guys in for these June official visits, they just pop, 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 pop. And that it happened under Jeff Brom. It happened. It didn't so much happen under, you know, previous staffs because the official visit calendar was different. Changed, yeah. But now you have to uh, – it, it, it's not all that uncommon for you to get all these commitments in the sort of breakneck pace that Purdue's gotten them. Um, it's almost become the game now because June is the new December uh, or June is the new December and January. Now the 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 deal is hanging on to them for one thing, uh, but also living up to your promises that you might have made to these guys getting to commit – um, uh, but also, uh, 
also um, making sure you have enough flexibility too when time comes to do what you have to do with transfers, which is, you know, probably more important than the high school part of it nowadays. Tom, you're, you know, you've obviously covered this closely and, uh, uh, that swagger is evident and we've talked about that in terms of what they're trying to do, but, you know, Ryan Walters doesn't seem to be a guy, like he said, he's not totally in your face, but he is, uh, that confidence does seem to ring and his staff uh, is really focused on this. And that, uh, as Brian said, seems to be paying big dividends, uh, at least from the get go. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, Brian's seen a lot of these guys over the years and, and his perspective is good. And just, you know, watching Ryan from afar and talking to him and his staff and yeah, there's, I think, I think Brian captures a pretty accurate picture there confident coach a young coach you know I, I share i think i wrote about it maybe i've talked about it on here just the one real quick anecdote at a at a camp in june ryan driving around on his golf cart because he had a cast on his leg and the current players he would stop they would gather around and like they were buddies and looking at each other's phones and laughing and you know <laughs> it was a scene we would not have seen under the previous staff. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. You can win a lot of different ways. It just kind of, it sort of caught my eye and said, wow, look at that, man. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's just kind of yucking it up like, like peers, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, and you can, you know, again, just, just different. And, um, and, it, and it's, and it's resonating with, with these players. They've got a lot of big time guys on campus. They haven't gotten all of them, but they've gotten their fair share of four stars already. A lot of good defensive backs, it looks like. They still have a few positions of need. But, yeah, I, th- I think this recruiting momentum has really, you know, the fans have noticed, at least the ones on our board who follow us, and there seems to be, a, again, just anecdotal evidence. There is some excitement with what's going on here. But like you said, we're still in the honeymoon phase, right? Um, yeah. The wife is still beautiful and sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> – but just September, September 2nd, guys, Ross Age Stadium, 12 noon Eastern time. Be there. Uh, we'll see Fresno State. Yeah, it's again, it's not, not to get off on a on a, a schedule dissection here, but the month of September, you got five games, four of them are home. That's all I'm going to say. You got four games out of five in September at home. One road game is at Virginia Tech. That's, I, I, I you can't, can I, can I say September's a make or break month? I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's – Well, at least, at least in year one month. it is. The yeah. big month. You got to be three and two. You got to be three and two. Yeah. If they're going to win – if they're going to have any any hope of getting back to a bowl, you would think that that is the case. And I won't make any comment about uh, your wives except <laughs> to say that they're all beautiful. I know that. Hey, this is sure. this is paid content, right? Because she's not <laughs> – yeah, 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 right. All right, Brian, I wanted you to – we don't have enough time necessarily to – Go through everything in, on on the basketball, uh, your visits uh, in, in Charlotte and South Carolina, et cetera, last week. But just uh, I, I know one guy that you, you talked about in Raleigh Burgess, and obviously he's got a long way to go from a physical standpoint. But what else stood out uh, in 30 words or less or, or, or how many words you care to share about uh, your, your week down there? You did a good job of reporting about your takeaways, but uh, now a few more days removed from it, what uh, – what uh, truly was that uh, experience like? 
yeah, no, it's it's it it's the same as it always is. It's just basketball game after basketball game after basketball mm-hmm. game, and by the end of it, everybody just wants to leave. Um, yeah. No, Raleigh Burgess is 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 these were his first four real games coming back from a broken leg that cost him most of his junior year, and uh, he did some good things. I expected to see a complete train wreck, and I saw something much better than a complete train wreck. Um, he was good. He shot the ball well. He tried hard. He moved around okay, not great, but okay. Uh, he impacted games positively as opposed to being the liability out there who's just trying to, you know, get his body right. Um, I think Purdue's got a good player there. I'll be interested to go down there uh, at some point during his senior year and see what he looks like then. Uh, I'd imagine he'll be a much different player. I, I think, you know, something that people need to be reminded of about Raleigh Burgess is that he he had like 25 national offers. I mean, he was, yeah. that wasn't an accident. I mean, he was, um, it seemed like, like that commitment didn't, didn't generate the fanfare around, you know, mm. Purdue followers that uh, ordinarily would have happened had he been like an in-state guy or somebody they'd paid attention to for the span of years. Um, you know, he, you don't just roll out of bed in the morning and get an offer as an Ohio kid from University of Texas. Um, you know, he had all these people in the Big Ten offering him, and it's just that that wasn't an accident. This is a really good player, and um, I think you'll see that more and more uh, in the months to come. Um, Jakari Harris, as is the curse I tend to <laughs> inflict on people in his second game down there, sprains his ankle misses the rest of the weekend um mm. so uh but in the in the game and a half i saw purdue's got to have that kid at this point they're so close on him they've done such a good job they've put so much time in him they've got to have uh it, it's just that simple i usually don't don't speak about recruiting in such such uh provocative terms but uh they've got to have him because it's it's he gives them so much of what they don't really have right now in terms of toughness and a defensive mentality. And he shoots the hell out of the ball, which is that's a hard combination to find, man. Uh, those things don't grow on trees. Um, but uh, other than that, you know, Travis mm-hmm. Perry keeps on chugging along. Uh, he's, he's just a good rock solid player. That would be a great program guy for a lot of people, uh, Purdue included. Um, outside of that, it, it was just, I was surprised that the concession stand at the Rock Hill Recreation Center, they sold kind bars. You know what kind bars are? Yeah. I no. like kind bars. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's little, those are like energy deals. Yeah. 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 They are good, but they are, they are ungodly expensive. Yes. <laughs> Normally if you buy them in the store, they're only a dollar a piece down there. Wow. So I probably ate. 10 kind bars. Um, so Did you find that any, was the biggest surprise any? to me with that kind bars were just so cheap down there. Um, <laughs> Did you find any boiled peanut stands along the South Carolina highways? Uh, I didn't really get out on the highways at all. I stayed in Charlotte. Rock Hill is just right the over the border. Point. It's maybe 20 miles. Um, yeah. I was going to go to Augusta, uh, but it didn't work out. Uh, the teams I needed to see got their stays there ended. 
um, before I was able to get over there. So I never really got out on the interstate and uh, that's okay. I like, the, I like the provocative Brian Newbert. I want those hot takes noobs. Well, the, I like, the, well, we, we, we've had about a, we've had, we've been talking about 40, 45 minutes. This has been a Zach Eady free simulcast. Well, yeah. Purdue right now is Zach Eady free. So it, it, okay. it's, it's kind of, let's go ahead and make something the Aspies. up. I was out of practice yesterday. He's at the ESPYs. Um, yeah. He, I did his award not get televised? Carpet. Yeah, he tweeted last night or on excuse me on on Wednesday night, Thursday morning about how he was first time he's ever been up for a, a an award that didn't exist. I didn't quite fully grasp that, but a nice picture of, of Zach and his mom on yeah. the red carpet. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, good deal for Zach. I mean, that's that's yeah, awesome. Cool. That's an awesome experience. I know one thing: I will never be on the red carpet at the ESPYS. So that part, that part's pretty cool from that standpoint. Well, but, he's going to yeah. miss the Europe trip with Purdue too. So us not talking about Zach Eady is 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 kind of appropriate. So I'll have a. I should if this this publishes Saturday, I should have a story up by now about where Purdue goes in Europe without Zach Eady, even though he'll. I think he'll be in some of the same countries as Purdue at various times too. But whether or not he can swing by and say hello, I have no idea. All right. On that note, we will put this, uh, put, put the wrap on this Saturday simulcast. Um, and uh, we appreciate uh, not only our sponsor, uh, Union Club Hotel, but Tom and Brian's expertise. A reminder to goldenblack.com is the place to go to. Uh, you can subscribe to our website. You can participate on Knucklehead Central uh, as well. A lot of great information and some not so great, but it's usually pretty good. Uh, we appreciate uh, those folks that uh, spend the time to to uh, take in all of our information. And this one, a uh, good show here today. So thanks so much. All right, thanks to Union Club. And we will see you in a couple of weeks uh, on our next one. Probably talk post uh, media day and um, and whatever else uh, Brian can drum up uh, uh, with respect to eating or uh, you know we didn't get Publix in this one so that's a, now now it's officially on the on the uh, the podcast and, and simulcast is now over based on that so have a great weekend all and thanks so much uh, for watching and listening.